So I, I get that. You know, you do have older women who are in competition and instead of guiding their daughters and giving them advice so they don't make the same mistakes that they went through, you know, and find themselves in the same situation. It's almost like they want to sit back and they celebrate and glee when you're going down those same, you know, the same road. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Like I really, like when I heard that question, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Like she's in competition with this young lady, like, well, not young, well, younger than her. And it's like, you know, you've been like, the, you are the generation of the black women who did that. They held the men down. The black community is still where it is. It hasn't paid off. And it's like, it's not working. You know what I mean? This man needs to not be cuddled. And, you know, and this is no disrespect to even the 20 year old who was just, you know, talking. Like people are throwing tomatoes. I don't feel like throwing tomatoes. It's tough out here. I'm also in my 20s. So it's hard out here for everybody. I feel the pressure badly, even me. Um, but yeah, uh, there's this thing where, you know, and black mothers, they will call to your sons. Like I remember oh, yeah. I bought my own car, but my Louis, my younger brother had a car at 16, a brand new car. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's like, that was, it was kind of hurtful for me to see that, but you know, my mom was so tough on me to the point where I moved out early, but my younger brother, he's 21. He still lives there. You know, he's mm-hmm. getting cuddled. He eats free, you know, he, he got free rent, everything. So, yeah, a lot of older And that's the thing I never understand because I went through the same thing. And that's why I go out my way to not coddle my sons. It's like, no, you want something, you have to work for it. You want a car, I'll help, you know, co-sign, but you're going to pay the car note. You know, like you have to give boys responsibilities because at the end of the day, you are raising somebody's husband. And how can you not know how to do the basics as a man? And then we say to girls, well, girls are so masculine and they're so tough and they have this I don't need a man attitude because the mamas were putting the boys on a pedestal and talking down to the daughters. You know, you're a slut, you're a whore. Meanwhile, the son got a girlfriend that can spend the night. You know, so it's like that's why a lot of these girls are so hard because they've had to leave home early and raise themselves and try and figure stuff out. Whereas the boys, they can stay till they're 25. They can have their wives there, the baby mamas. It, it's insane. It is. The <laughs> whole mother-daughter relationship, especially in the Black community, is something very stressful. Like a lot of older Black women, we are not helping each other out. Um, so I would really, you know, like to see more people talk about it because that's to me was what Iyala was doing. She wasn't really advising anything. She was just basically wanted to make sure that the younger generation of black women don't do better than her. And that right there kind of hurts me. But um, yeah, these relationships, I just feel, and that's why it's hard for me to get too upset at young people. Because again, when you're young, you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of young people are not being taught. They're not, like, I feel like people come to me with stuff. I'm like, should be asking your mom this or you know why aren't your parent like I feel weird like when people are like you're like a mom to me you're like an aunt like I feel like I can express myself to you and I can't even express myself to my mom you know and there's a lot of that so yeah maybe I think that'd be a really really good show so I wanted to talk to you guys today Welcome back to another episode of Fit, Feminine, and Friendly. Um, I'm just going to start switching up my intros and kind of doing whatever, to be honest, like because it's still brand new and I'm trying to figure out my flow of things and how I want to do things. I hope you guys like the little snippets that I put in the intros. Like, I really actually do like take the time to go search for good intros and good little funny you know, TikTok um, sounds and 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 things like that to kind of get you guessing of what we're going to talk about in the episode or kind of get you prepared and ready for what I'm going to talk about in the episode. And, and so now a lot of the snippets that I'm talking about uh, or that I use are actually included like what I'm really discussing um, as topics in the podcast episodes that I do. So moving forward, I'm going to continue to use those. I really like it. Um, I like how it kind of, some of they really flow with uh, the podcast episodes. So I'm going to continue to do that. I'm also thinking about getting like someone to make me like an official, you know, like fit, feminine and Finley intro. I sing a little bit, La-da-da. a little bit. I ain't no Beyonce or nothing, but you know, I sing just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. You know what I'm saying? So I might go ahead and do an intro on my own. 
Maybe. Or I might just have somebody do some beats or something for me. Fig I'm going to figure it out. We're going to figure out what we're going to do. But today, um, I kind of wanted to talk to you guys uh, about, it, it's kind of like piggybacking off the last episode that I talked about with um, the struggle ship and how black women are expected to, you know, accept the bare minimum a lot of times, uh, uh, you know, as compared to other races who are, you know, freely given the ability to pick whichever man they choose, high value or not, and no one says shit about it. So today I wanted to piggyback because, um, you know, the woman, Ebony, I forget her last name, that lawyer that was discussed, um, I discussed on that, that episode, she made some really good points about, and I didn't really touch on that in that episode because I was, I was really pissed, honestly, about just the fact that they were even mad about her preference. I understand some people were mad about how she said it, whatever, whatever. The thing about it is sometimes you need to hear direct delivery in order for you to wake up and understand that as, as a whole black people, we do get comfortable with being, you know, average or below average. And we get comfortable and we feel like we don't need to go any any further. And I think a big issue that I have with that is that you're expected to, because a lot of our black people don't feel like they need to do anything else and they're fine where they're at. When you do get a black person or a, you know, a man or a woman, could be either or, that wants to advance in life and wants to do better. And when they finally make it there, people are looking at you and expecting you to still date you know, where you were at years ago but you're not there anymore. You should not have to settle for a partner who's doing significantly less. And when I say that, I'm talking about not just financial, but lack of motivation, lack of drive, lack of goals. I know men who are in their 30s that are you know, African-American men who have no idea what they're doing with their life. They're just kind of floating. They're just kind of going. And like I said, I personally don't think that that's a type of man I would want to date because I am a very goal-driven person. I am a very um, uh, intentional person. When I do things, I do them with purpose and I am a goal setter. I have literally reached almost every goal that I have set for myself since I've been divorced. I set goals that I knew were attainable. I set goals that I knew were hard, but reachable. And I set goals that I knew would take me a while to get. But today I wanted to discuss dating and, um, you know, dating, but as far as like dating with purpose and, you know, and actually scrap that, not even dating, just having purpose, but dating is going to be part of the conversation because I'm explaining my experiences. Now, the, a lot of the arguments that I've heard over the past few years, you know, because Kevin Samuels came about, he was really popular. He was talking about, and this is what I'm going to touch on, he was talking about women who are, you know, what did he say, an adjustable six, because he doesn't do sevens or whatever, and, and, and above. So like adjustable six, eight, nines, and tens. So I would be considered by most men an, an eight or a nine. Like, and that is something that many people may disagree with. And I'm not here to change anyone's mind about how they feel about how attractive I am. I'm just going off of the men who approach me and the men who have tried to talk to me. I also have a lot going for me as far as where I'm at in life. I'm 30 years old. I have a college degree. I make middle-class income. I live in the suburbs. I drive a nice vehicle. My daughter goes to a good school. I carry myself well. I am driven. I'm goal driven. I am continuously, continuously always trying to better myself. I'm a hard worker. And that is one thing that I think money cannot buy. Money cannot buy motivation. Money cannot buy, um, you know, mo mo money cannot buy a drive. Money cannot buy persistence. And I feel like I have had a lot of issues with men you know, we get into disagreements about how, oh, money isn't everything. And why do you want to date someone who, you know, makes money, like a certain amount of money, whatever, whatever. I, I look at it like this. I grew up with a father who was in the military and a mother, you know, and when my parents got divorced, we primarily lived with my mother. I saw my mom, you know, take the poor educational 
teachings, non-educational really, teachings that she learned from her 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 upbringing. And I saw what that what that got her. It got her bankruptcy. It got us being evicted out of our homes. It got her, you know, using our child support on her drug addict boyfriend slash husband, who he eventually became to be. It 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 got you know her depressed and stressed out because she was horrible with her finances. And then I also saw her, you know, dating men who and and marrying men who I. Let me let me just say something. I don't have a relationship with my mom, but I'm gonna my mom is a beautiful woman. And I never understood why she dated men who are so beneath her. And when I say beneath, it sounds terrible. And I know people are gonna be like, no one's beneath you. Yes, they are. My mom was dating guys who worked at fast food restaurants, you know, had were and these men were in their 30s, in their 30s, mind you. They, you know, had alcohol, alcoholism problems. One that I know of had drug problems. Like, and every time she would get with one, they would leave. They would, they wouldn't leave her. I'm sorry. They would end up losing their jobs. They would end up bumming off of her. You know, she had my mom. I've watched, I watched my mom work two, three jobs to take care of me and my brother and this man. And I mean, she was getting child support money, but she wasn't managing her money. And that was another thing. My mom, my mom is a hard, was a hard worker, still is. I will never take that away from her, but she couldn't manage money for shit. We went from living in a really nice suburban kind of area, not a huge home, small, humble house, but it was a nice area to living in kind of like near the projects because my mom's credit had gotten so bad that that's the only place she could live. It wasn't just about the fact that she couldn't afford it. It was, that was the only place she could live. So my mom started lowering her standards, I feel like, because it was like, well, I put myself in this position. My credit is bad now. Then it, then it's like, well, these places are cheaper to live. So let me just continue to get really cheap, you know, apartments and in these areas because I know that, you know, I can't get nice areas anyway. And, you know, so this is pretty much right now all I can get. And I feel like along with the shitty apartments came the shitty men. And obviously the air, what she was doing for work, you know, her job, my mom was a daycare worker for the majority of my life. She ends up meeting these guys who are trash. And while my mom may not have made a lot of money and, you know, we didn't live in the greatest places, blah, 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 my mom still had access that she could have used to find a man who was much a much better suitor than the men that she was was dealing with and I just it always like confused me because I'm just like my mom could literally have she could have a nice very nice man who you know was financially literate responsible that was goal driven you know and the thing about it is my dad was all those things but he was a narcissist and he was a control freak and he 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 didn't respect my mother and he didn't appreciate my mom or value her. He cheated on her every chance he got. He, you know, treat you know, just disrespected her and talked down to her and kind of just I think broke her a little bit. And I've been there. I know what it feels like to be broken by a man and you feel like you can't, you know, like he's made you feel like you are down here when really you were up here. And he 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 did that to you to to make you feel away because he didn't want you to go anywhere. He didn't want you to realize that you could do better than him. And my mom could do better than my dad, one hundred percent. Yeah, my dad makes still my dad still makes good money, but it's not all about the money. My dad had the drive. He had the, he had the goals. He had the determination. He had the money. But what he lacked was character and and morals and respect. And my mom deserved better than that. And when they got divorced, I was so happy because my mom finally was happy. But then she started dating and then I started seeing the downward spiral because she was going for these guys who were quote unquote nice when really they were being nice to her so that they could manipulate her and end up living off of her, which is what every single man that my mom ever had been with did. Every guy my mom dated did that to her. They were bums. They were always asking her for money. She was always taking care of them. And the guy she's married to now, great guy. I mean, he's not perfect. He's got his faults, but compared to everybody else, besides my dad, as far as finances go, he's there. He respects my mom. I've never seen her, you know, call her out her name, nothing. So my mom didn't meet that guy until she was like mid to late forties. So I just want to set that up for you. And it's a black woman. I watched that growing up and I said to myself, that will never be me. I will never settle for a man who wants to live off of me and who cannot and does not have a job where I, where he's, you know, uh, taking it seriously. Fast food is not a career 
when you're the fry cook and you're 40. It's not. There's no disrespect or, or shame to anyone who works in fast food. I've worked in fast food in my early 20s. It got me to where I'm at now. It's a starting, it's a stepping stool. Now, if you're a manager at a fast food restaurant, I, I can respect that. Managers make decent decent income, but that is a stepping stone. If your goal is to work and be you know, a fast food fry cook, uh, then you work your way up to cash register, then you work your way up to assistant manager, manager, then you work your way up to general manager, then maybe you even get a franchise. That is different than aspiring to just be a waiter and you're 40 or aspiring to just be a cook at, at, at Wendy's and you're 40. And I want to say this because I know that there are men out there. I have men in my family who do that. I want to say that the men in my family, they they didn't have the greatest upbringing. They didn't have the greatest examples. So for them, that is making it somewhere because of where they came from. And I respect that 100%, 100%. And I will never sit there and demean someone for having that type of job because you never know someone's story. You never know where somebody came from in order to be where they're at. My issue is that when women and men, because well, I'm going to talk about women because I'm a woman. When black women, we drag ourselves out of poverty, we get a college degree, we, we get the job, we live in the good areas, we drive the nice vehicles, we have the drive, we have the goals, we have the ambition. We are expected to date the cooks and the and the cashiers. You see what I'm saying? And it's not even like a, a classist thing for me, to be completely honest. I don't really care what someone does for their job as long as they can meet me where I'm at financially. If someone says, I Uber and I work at a call center and I have like a small side hustle, but I make, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year doing all of those things and I have a goal and I'm motivated to continue to do more because I have these ambitions and drive in the future, I, I would date somebody like that. One hundred percent. You know why? Because not only A, are they still making the income, B, they show that they have drive and they have work ethic. And that's okay with me. You don't have to have some type of corporate job where you're working a nine to five. And, you know, you make X amount of dollars and and you have a good, you know, pension and blah, 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 blah. That's cool and dandy. But the thing about it is a lot of those jobs, I mean, they are they are hard to get. They are hard to get. And then when you do get them, they do suck all the life and suck all your time up. I don't have that type of job. I make my own schedule. I, you know, kind of have a lot of flexibility to do stuff with my kid. And, and I really enjoy that. I don't have that type of job, but I still I still make the money that I need to make. You see what I'm saying? So I feel like I'm never going to down somebody for their job, but I will I will make a comment on lack of motivation and lack of drive. I feel like when you are of a certain age, it's time to decide where you want to be at in life. And for me, I couldn't date someone who's in their 30s and they and they're flipping fries at McDonald's. And I say that because I had to figure things out on my own. I left when I was 18. I got married. I learned a lot of things from that relationship, but I've been on my own since I've been divorced. No one has given me a handout. No one has helped me. No one has paid my bills. No one has done anything. Everything that I have right now, I got because I worked my ass off. And I feel like how dare someone try to tell me that I need to lower my standards because they can't meet me where I'm at. No, I just need to date someone who's where I'm at. And there's nothing wrong with that. And this brings me to what, back to the conversation of what I was talking about. How in our black community, a lot of people are okay with just being where they're at and they don't feel like they need to do any better. I understand the, the concept of being happy with what you have. And sometimes I struggle with that because I am such a driven person. And sometimes like literally, like I have a really nice vehicle. I live in a really nice townhome. For a lot of people, this would be a stopping point for them. And they would be like, you know what? This is a great life. Like I'm happy. And I am. I'm happy. I make good money. My daughter is happy. We have food in the house. You know what I'm saying? Like my daughter wants for nothing. I want for nothing. I, I have my friends. I have my coworkers, like everything in my life right now, it's not perfect. And I do wish I was in a different parts, you know, place in my life at times, but I'm happy to be, have made it to where I'm at. Cause if people, if you only knew where I, where I come from, you see what I'm saying? Growing up, I did not have 
anyone teaching me what it what what it means to be a woman. Not really. Not not really. What it means to be a wife. No one taught me that. What it means to be in a healthy relationship, whether that's a romantic relationship or friendship. I just had to learn that shit naturally. And I'm not perfect. But for me, this isn't a stopping point. I want to own a Mercedes Benz one day or a BMW. And I know that it's just a material thing. And I know that it, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but that's a goal of mine. But I also want to buy a home. So I'm like, okay, well, a Mercedes Benz or a BMW is not in my future anytime soon. I understand that, but it is a goal of mine and I'm going to get it because I said I'm going to get it. That's just what's going to happen. Everything that I want, that I've wanted to do, I've done. I want to buy a home. My credit score has increased. It's 781 right now. I want to get it in the 800s. That is my goal by the end of this year to get it in the 800s because I want to buy a house. Then my next goal, pay off certain things so that I can get my debt to income ratio down so that I can buy a home. These are things that, you know, a lot of people my age should be thinking about. If you if you don't already have these things, you should be thinking about these things. You know what I mean? Credit is important. Credit is sometimes better, even more important than actually having money on hand because when you don't have a credit score, or you don't have a good credit score, you don't have a lot of access to things. And I think that's one thing I learned from my mom, making sure I always paid my bills. I've never been evicted. I've never had anything in collections. I have never been late on a bill to the point where I'm reported to credit. I've had struggles. I've definitely had the struggle life. I've had to pay my bills with my credit cards. I've had to, you know what I'm saying? Very rarely borrow money from anyone, but maybe $20 here, $20 there. When I was in college and when I first, you know, moved out on my own, I struggled. I did. I mean, that's, that's people struggle is very important. I think everyone should go through somewhat of a small struggle so that they can appreciate the things that they have once they've made it, once they've made it to wherever they're comfortable, where I'm at right now, where I'm at right now, even two years ago, I wasn't here where I could be comfortable and breathe and not feel like I'm living paycheck to paycheck. You see what I'm saying? So everything, every journey is different for every person. I will say though, back to what I was talking about with the black community, about how we're so comfortable being just where we're at. When I got divorced, I'm going to tell you something right now. I got divorced at 24 years old. When I got divorced, I went from living in a four bedroom, two bath house, nice luxury SUV, you know, married, husband took care of the majority of the bills. I paid my bill and my SUV payment to living at my mother's. You know what I'm saying? Being told by my family, oh, well, now that you're not with your husband anymore, you're going to have to move where we live. You're you're not going to be able to have all these nice things anymore like you did before. And you're not going to be able to do this and that and live in these areas. And it was almost like my family was celebrating the fact that I had to go down to their level again. Like, oh, you've had a nice ride. You've had a nice run living it up and, and having, even though I wasn't really living it up, I was, I was in a shitty marriage and, and depressed and unhappy most of the time. But on the outside, because I had all the material things to them, it looks like I was just living it up, which yeah, to an, to an onlooker, if you don't know what's going on, of course it's going to look like that. But what made me so angry is they, they talked to me as if my husband was the only reason that I had those things. Yes, my ex-husband helped me. I, I will give him all of that credit. I didn't know a lot of things, you know, and, and some of the things I did know, he taught me more. He taught me motivation and goals and determination. I have a goal board, a goal board downstairs that I write down my goals. I write down um, my grocery list. I write down everything. I keep everything in my phone too, to stay on task and to make sure that I'm getting to my goals and meeting my goals. And he helped me with that. You know what I mean? So I learned I learned determination and motivation from him. Now he has a small construction company. He's very determined and very motivated. And I'll never take that away from him. Even though we aren't together and that's for the best, he is a very goal-oriented, motivated man. And that is something that I took with me as well. I want another man like that. You see what I'm saying? And so when I got divorced, ended up moving back in with my mom, immediately she wanted money from me. Immediately it was like, oh, and I told her I would help her out with the bills, which is totally fine. No big deal. But immediately she wants money. Immediately telling me, like, already making me feel like you are not worth more to me than the money that you can pay to stay at my house. Not, oh, I know you're going through a divorce. Let me help you out. I don't really need you to help me pay my bills, even though I offered, because I'm a grown ass woman and I can take care of myself. You're my daughter who's going through a hard time, who's going through a divorce. Let me help you. You don't have to pay any bills. You don't have to pay, you know, any rent right now for me. Like you just save up and you try to move out and you get your own place, right? While my brother, 
who lived with her paid no bills. And that's another uh, podcast discussion that we're going to have about how black women coddle black men. Because my mom was sitting over here coddling the shit out of my brother who stayed in her house and smoked weed all day and played video games. But he has a mental health issue. This is what she was telling me. She, oh, he's got, he's trying to get disability. He's got a mental health issue. That's why I don't make him pay any bills. No, you don't make him pay any bills because you can't. And you know he won't leave. And you're not going to kick him out because you feel too bad about kicking him out. Also, you don't want to see me get ahead. You don't want to see me do better than you. You want to keep me where you're at. That's why you made me pay you rent because she knew I was responsible and she knew I was. Not only was I paying her rent, but she was behind in her bills. I remember when I had to pay for her internet to be turned back on just so my kid could watch fucking Netflix. That's what I'm talking about. So I moved in with my mom. The whole time I lived there, she complained. She talked about how she couldn't wait for me to move. My shit was clogging up her garage. So you know what I did? I moved in and in three months, I moved my ass the fuck out. Because I said, okay, I'm, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and give you $300 a month and still get bitched and complained at about how my stuff's taking up your place. You have no compassion and no care about what I'm going through, even though you've gone through the same thing that I've gone through. It was like she wasn't even sympathetic to my situation. All she cared about was when she was going to get my rent money. And if I didn't pay it, she actually threatened to kick me out because we had a disagreement about why I had to pay and my brother didn't. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to start looking at houses. I actually was going to buy a house at this time in my life, but I wasn't making that much money. And the, the houses that I was being shown, like the, op the options that I had, I didn't want. I knew I didn't want it. And I was like, I don't want to buy something just to buy something, just to say I own something. And then I'm like stuck with a place that's a piece of shit, needs a lot of work because I've already been through that. Own houses that have flooded, the AC units go out. That shit is expensive to fix. So I told myself, I'm not ready to buy right now. And plus I just sold, we just sold our house. I was like, I already own a house. It's not that big of a, a deal to me. It's an accomplishment, but it's, I've already done it, whatever. So I'm like, let me just rent. No big deal. So I move, you know, I, I get ready to move and I'm doing those things. And the area that I moved to, um, you know, no one was like, oh, good for you. We're so proud of you. You know, like this is your first place on your own. Like while I was going through divorce, while I'm trying to figure out being how to be a single parent, all these things, I move into my first place. Um, and, you know, I just figured it out. I just winged it. I didn't even have enough money. I, I, I like, I moved into my first place and I couldn't even afford all my bills. Like I worked my ass off for like the first couple months of my new job. And so my checks were really good, but then they started cutting our hours. So I really, really couldn't afford it. And then on top of that, the hours were shitty. I was having, I was having a hard time of seeing my daughter. My aunt would watch her for me. And so I was like, I want to do something else. I'm going to, I'm going to do something else. So I, I just, figured it out. I, I went from working at a car dealership to working at a dental office to working at a, um, I forget what it was. It was like a, one of those loan places where you can get a loan real quick to working at a mental health hospital. And then from that mental health hospital, I ended up going to another hospital and I love my job and I still have my other part-time job. So now I'm in a place where in 2017, where I got divorced and I was barely making it and struggling and had no fucking support from my family. And they, every time, and I, I remember the first time I ever said that I needed help and that I was struggling. The first thing my, my family said was, we told you so. We told you not to move there. We knew you couldn't afford it. There was no faith in me. There was no faith in me. There was no support. And it's like, I feel like the reason they didn't have faith in me was number one, because they were in a position to where they could be are barely making it and barely doing it. And then two, I feel like they were salty as fuck because I moved on a side of town that was more affluent and did cost a little bit more money. And they didn't understand why I would want to spend more money, which in retrospect, now I'm thinking about what I was spending in my first apartment was 675, nothing. Shit. I wish I could go back to that sometimes, but still 675 a month for them. They're like, why would you want to pay all that? You know, for an apartment, because I'm like, because my daughter is living with me. I don't want to be worried about people shooting outside of my house or, you know, worry about getting robbed or killed because I chose to live on the side of town that you guys live on. Not saying that necessarily is going to happen, but I'm just saying I chose a safer area. No area is 100% safe, but I chose the safest area of town where I feel comfortable. Top of that, her daycare was by my house. It was like, then on top of that, her school like getting off in the highway, all of that was in a congested area, which was perfect for me. 
And when I moved into my first place, I was so proud of myself and so excited. And no one came and visited me for like six months. My mom, my mother didn't come visit me. She didn't help me move. When they finally did come visit me, it was just kind of like a, oh, I'm proud of you. But like, that's it. I didn't get a housewarming gift. I didn't get a, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was a really big deal for me to do that. And it seemed like it was nothing to my family. It seemed like they just weren't happy for me. But what it really was, was jealousy. What it really was is I wish I could have maybe made some different choices to either do what she's doing or do something different when I was her age. So instead of getting support from my family, seeing me do better, which is what you should want for your kids, I just got, well, hopefully you don't fail. If you need, if you, if you need something, you know, you know, I don't want to hear I'm struggling because we told you not to move over there. It, it was not, they weren't supportive of me advancing and doing better. They wanted me to do the struggle life like them. I said, I'm, I will not, I will not. That's why I got a place that was a little bit more expensive than re- what I really could afford. And you know what I did? I continued to work my way up to be able to afford where I lived at. And then I strived to be better. I ended up having to trade my really nice SUV in for a Jetta. I traded in for a Jetta, had that Jetta for almost four years, traded in for another SUV, got 0% interest on that motherfucker. Why? Because my credit was A1, still is. Nothing was handed to me. And so when everybody looks at me and my family, I feel like they look at me like, oh, she's too good to do this and do that. No, I'm not too good. I just worked really hard. And none of you were supportive when I was on this mission of changing my life and doing the things that I needed to do for myself to to advance in life. I want something better for me. I want my daughter to see that mommy did this by herself. You can, and then she can say to herself, I can do this too. Mommy worked two jobs. I worked two jobs and went to school and graduated through COVID, through an ectopic pregnancy, through an abusive relationship through single parenting, her father is very much in the picture. I'm just saying that when I had her, I had her hundred percent. It's on me. So I did all of that. And not once did my family ever call and be like, do you need anything? Do you need help? You know what I'm saying? How are you emotionally? How are you financially? Do you need my, the only person would be my dad who, whoever really helps me financially at all or did anything like that. And I stopped you know, asking him for anything because my father is the type of person, if he does help you out, he'll hold it over your head. So I was like, you know what? The little things that you have done, I definitely appreciate a hundred percent because my dad helped me out with my lawyer when I was getting a divorce and I never forgot about that. I a hundred percent appreciated him for that, but I won't, I don't ask him for help anymore because it's one of those things where I can't just come to him as my father and ask him for something because he's my father. I should be able to do that, but I can't because in the black community, when you ask your parents for help, You have to prove your worthiness to them for the help that you're asking for. You see what I'm saying? Not not that I haven't proved it by doing everything on my own already and being responsible and taking care of my shit and my child and graduating college and doing every fucking thing that I'm supposed to do. But if I ask you for some help, it's, oh, well, you shouldn't have been irresponsible. Oh, well, you shouldn't have got yourself into this position. As if my parents have never gotten themselves into any type of position because they're young and because they're learning and they make mistakes. So, hey, I am where I am because of the choices that I made and because of the hard work that I put in to get to where I'm at. And I'm not done. I'm not comfortable with where I'm at. I want to keep going. I don't feel like I'm ever going to be a millionaire or anything like that. And that's okay for me. I have different aspirations. My highest aspiration a couple years ago was to make 50 grand. I've already done that. Now I'm like, all right, I want to make 75. Then I want to get a job where I'm making 100. You see what I'm saying? Like, I have goals and I want to surpass them. Each time I meet one, I want to surpass them until I get to the point where I feel like, all right, I've made it. I'm done. I'm happy. I I have accomplished everything I feel like I need to. And even then, I'm still going to have small goals in life that I'm going to continue to want to accomplish because I'm just driven like that. It is what it is. And I wanted to also touch on how as a community, we don't push our black men enough to do better. We blame the fact that we're bogged down by the police and the government and and everything else as why our black men aren't able to get jobs and why they're always incarcerated and, and getting murdered by police and things like that. And I agree that there are a lot of times when things on the other end are done and wrong and, and it's and it's incorrect and it's not okay. But we also have to start taking accountability for when our black men 
aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. And they put themselves in the position, black women too. We have this fucking city girl culture right now where it's let's chase a bag, but really let's chase, let's chase a scam. Let's scam a nigga, steal his money or fuck for money. And they see all this shit on social media and they think it's so easy. They don't know that the women behind the scenes are, you know, being abused, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. They're being cheated on. They're catching diseases and STDs. They're starting to realize that their time is going to come where men aren't going to want to deal with them anymore because of their looks and they're getting older and their age. You have to have a backup plan. You can't just use men and, and sleeping with men for money and all that as your life goal and life plan. You got to have goals of your own. And I feel like people are also at a lot of kids, kids younger than me and, and, and adults and stuff in my generation. We're not being raised to be husbands and wives anymore. We're being raised to be independent. And while I think that's good, I also feel like more fathers, like of my generation and mothers, we need to be, we need to be in healthy relationships at both relationships with our husbands and wives and spouses and boyfriends and girlfriends, as well as our personal relationships with our family and friends. So that we can show our kids what healthy looks like what responsibility looks like, what financial literacy looks like. And I'm not perfect in the financial literacy aspect. I did take some bad habits from my mom. And I think my dad every day that he was around because I also learned good habits from him and, and credit being important and, and all those things being important and having your own and never depending on someone. I learned all of those things. And I think along my journey with dating, I have also noticed that I can no longer date men who are not on the same level as me. I've done it before because in general, like generally what a man makes doesn't necessarily matter to me as long as they are able to keep up with me. And as long as they are able to make sure that all of their shit is taken care of. But when you date a man who makes significantly less than you, they're not going to let you forget that. I, I have, I had a boyfriend, a long-term boyfriend who made less than me for a while. And I wasn't even making that much at the time but I still making more than him. And I still dated him because I, I liked him and I cared about him and, you know, loved him, all that bullshit. But there, there would be times where he would make comments about, you know, finances. When I would say, oh, I'm so excited. I got this amount of money saved up. It seemed like he wouldn't really be happy for me. He would just be like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like he was salty because he couldn't do it. Then when he finally started making more hourly than me, he was like, oh, I finally started making, I remember when he made a comment, oh, I finally started making more money than you. And I looked at him and I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. He only graduated high school and he didn't have that much. He was working in fast food. Then he ended up working at a um, cable company, like installing cable and stuff. And it wasn't super aspirational for me. But I also was like, this man has an honest job. He's He's got his own home. He's got a vehicle, blah, blah, blah. He's doing something with his life. I can work with that. Now, the lack of motivation for me came when talk about being a manager came up because he moved from installing cables to doing the outside work. I'm like, wow, that's really great. That's that's really good that you're doing that. Now you're making more money. And that's when he made the comment about making more money than me. Then I was like, babe, don't you want to move up to be like a manager? And they had actually talked to him about it and he didn't want to do it. And he was like, I don't want all that responsibility. I want to do all this and that. And that's totally fine. Understandable if you don't want to do all that, but it's like, where is your goal next? Like, what is your next thing to do? And it was not just lack of motivation with his job. It, even though he started making more money, it was lack of motivation in life. He did nothing but come home and drink and play video games and smoke weed. His house was falling apart. He didn't work on the house. He would do little stuff here and there. But when it was time for us to almost move in together before we broke up, he had done nothing to the house. And I'm like, so you expect me to move into your house with holes in the walls? His kids colored all over the walls. And, you know, that's a whole other story for another time. But the house was wrecked. And it was just like, you're not motivated to do anything with yourself. And then it's like, I'm progressing in life. I remember right before we got, we were going to move in together. I bought a new vehicle and that's when I broke up with him. I bought the new vehicle that I have now, brand new SUV. And he was mad as fuck, mad, angry at me for purchasing this vehicle. And I'm looking at him like, why are you pocket? Why are you worried about what I'm doing? I think he was jealous that I purchased another vehicle and I could purchase another vehicle. And it was a very nice vehicle. And anytime I would watch something that had to do with my car, he would come in the room. Like if he came in the room and I was watching like little stuff, learning about it, he would get an attitude. And I remember I left that night that I came over to his house and we were hanging out 
and I was watching YouTube, like learning about the new cool shit in my car. And he comes in and snatches the remote out of my hand and says, turn that shit off. I don't want to watch this. I want to watch something else. I don't, I don't give a shit about your car. I don't want to hear about, you know, you, uh, watching videos about your car. Like, I don't like, it was literally like so uncalled for. And I left, I was just like, you know what? I'm not putting up with this shit. Like, so over the, the span of our relationship, not only was there lack of motivation, but I spent so much money on him out of love that it was just like, and I'm a giver. That's another thing. I'm a giver. I like men who make good money and I want men to take care of me and, and, and provide and, and yes, spend, spend money on me. Yes. Yes, I do. Because why? Because I do the same. I poured into that man. I literally had helped him out so much from the time that we got together to the time that that relationship was over. He was under me on so many levels and it wasn't even just financial, mentally, intellectually, his goals, his, his drive, everything was off. And the woman before him that he was with coddled the fuck out of him, did everything for him. So I got a man who pretty much was treated like a child because he was never forced to grab his balls and do anything on his own. And when we got together, it was like, oh, can you pay this bill for me? Oh, can you call this doctor bill for me? And, did, and at first I, I tried to help him out to be nice. I was like, look, you haven't experienced this. Let me help you out. Let me kind of like get your medical bills and all this stuff together so you can figure out what you got to pay. Then it became a, oh, can you pay for this for me? Or can you, can you call and handle this for me? It's like, no, you are a grown ass man. And he was older than me. You're a grown ass man. You need to learn how to start figuring this out on your own. You know what he said? Oh, it's cool. I'll just call my kid's mom. You know, she handles all this stuff and everything. Turn off, complete turn off. Just ridiculous. His mental health, he never addressed it. I ended up pouring so much of myself into this man that I lost myself. By the time we broke up, we had gone through couples counseling. He had um, started going to uh, counseling for himself. Uh, he had tried to stop drinking. I know he started drinking up again or whatever. But the thing about it is, even though we broke up, he even told me, he was like, you changed my life more than you will ever know. He said that to me. You're the only person that's ever held me accountable for doing the shit that I do. And while he didn't like it, when we were together, he hated it. Every time I would say shit to him, that like would be having to tell him about himself, it would piss him off because he's like, I'm a man. And for my girlfriend to be sitting over here telling me the things that I'm feeling as a man that doesn't feel good. But I wasn't telling him to make him feel like shit. And this is a biracial man. But for all purposes, he's black to me. He's a black man. He he needed to change. He needed to make these changes in order to do better in life. And in order for me to stay with him. Because I'm like, I'm not going to stay with you. And you're not advancing. You're not changing. Ultimately, we broke up because he got started to get physically abusive again. And then I was just like, look, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. You, you're, not, you're not motivated. You're not, you're not doing anything with your life. You're, you're being lazy. You're comfortable. Because he had never really made money. So when he started making a little bit of money, he got comfortable and felt like he didn't really need to do anything else. I'm like, no, this ain't it for me. So after that, guess what? I go on about my life. I meet somebody else who I looked at initially as, oh, like he's doing all right in life. He has a good job. He's motivated. Just got a CDL for trucking. I'm like, okay, truckers make good money. I know this. He's single. He's a bachelor. He's never had any kids. Check, 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 right? So we had been friends for years. This is the guy that I told you guys I started a friends with benefits relationship back a, a few episodes. Um, the, the relationship went how it went. I caught feelings. Things didn't work out. We kind of tried to do a friends with a real friends with benefits thing, but I, I stopped it completely because I realized that even though like I had no intentions of dating him, it was just a lack of motivation for me. He lived in this really, really, really dingy, crappy apartment. And it's not even like I'm saying that to be mean. It's just a crap. It was a crappy apartment. And it wasn't that it bothered me. It was, it was the fact that it bothered me that he was okay with staying there forever. Like we would have conversations about it and he would just be cool with it. Like, it's like, yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, it's okay for it to be a starting point right now. You're, you're 31 years old. You do not have to go out and do all this crazy stuff right now, but at your age, you have no kids. You've never been married. So it's like you have nothing really holding you back from advancing in life. You're a trucker. You could do so many things, but you choose to go to work, come home, smoke weed, play video games, watch anime and have sex every now and then. And then the types of women that he was dealing with before me were all women who were either hood, ghetto, living on government assistance, had a bunch of kids, bunch of baby daddies, had no drive, no goals in life, had no idea where they were going, wouldn't do anything for themselves, were lazy. And this is nothing against people who live on government assistance and they need the help. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that he was choosing these women because I feel like they were not expecting a lot from him. 
they 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 were happy with whatever he gave them because look at where they're at in life. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to be okay with the things that you're doing for me because I'm not even doing those things for myself. So when you do the bare minimum things for me, I'm going to accept it and be happy with it. And I think that when me I started dealing with him, I only knew him on a friend level. I didn't deal with him like that. So once I really started to see how he was, I was like, oh, this is why you get the types of women that you get. And then I'm over here looking at it like, well, I don't, I don't know if this is how you are for real, for real, or if this is just because we're not in a relationship or what. But even then I started looking at it differently because I'm just like, even a man with class and who's a man who's about something is not going to take a woman out to eat dinner and not going to take a woman on trips and watch her pay for herself every single time while he pulls his money out of his wallet to happily pay for himself, happily go to the mall and buy shit for himself and, and then ask you, oh, you like what I'm picking out for myself? Oh, this is real nice, ain't it? While you just spend all your money in front of me and then don't even offer to put gas in my car. That was a whole other topic, a whole another conversation for another time. But that's what I'm saying, driving my shit up there. Like there, there was a lot of things with him that I was starting to peep. And I think the thing that bothered me the most was I lowered my standards significantly to date him. And I, when I say that, it wasn't like it was like, oh, I'm too good to be with you. That's not how I thought about it. I thought about it as this is not normally the standard of man that I would date. Men who I normally date have their own home. They have a nice, they have a, a working nice vehicle, good job. He had, he had morals is what I thought, you know, this guy, morals, he was respectful, he was nice, we got along, but then I was like, you're not really motivated. You have never talked to me about buying a house, you've never talked to me about investing, you've never talked to me about your future, what your future looks like, we don't talk about any of that. He had a small music thing going and he was not even motivated about that. He would talk about making music and he would do it, but then it would be like, you're not promoting your shit. And I'd, I even offered to help. I even posted some of his stuff on my page for him out of the kindness of my heart because I wanted to support him. Like he, he wasn't even going as hard for himself. And it was just like over time, the comments that he would make to me about how he's like, you're not the type of woman I see that would ever lower your lifestyle, lower your standards for someone. I said, why would I? Why should I? Why would you want me to do that? Because he knew that he couldn't meet me where I was at the entire time we were dealing with each other. And I really think that's why we didn't end up together and why he didn't want a relationship with me on top of the fact that he didn't want a relationship was because he knew that he couldn't provide me with what I needed from a man as far as a relationship. He's not the provider type. He's not the type uh, to lead. He, he's just not like that. And I started to realize that. And I think the thing that turned me off the most about him was he tried to down me for my preferences and my choices. And I'm like, the men that I dated at least had substance. The women that you you have messed around with had no substance. His girlfriend that he was with before me worked at fucking a strip club. She worked at McDonald's. She worked at Taco Bell. She couldn't even keep a job. She was always, you know, losing jobs. And then she's fighting bitches outside of the job. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that is the type of woman that you were with and you were taking care of and you were supporting. And now that you get with a woman who has worked to get to where I'm at, carries myself in a respectable way, treated you good, treated you with respect. You want to tell me that you believe in a 50-50 relationship. No, you don't believe in a 50-50 relationship. You were used by someone who you loved and who didn't care about you the same way that you did. And now you're all used up and wore out from spending all that money and stuff on her. And now you see me and you see that I'm doing well in life and you feel like, well, I don't need to take care of you. I don't need to do anything for you. You have it. You can take care of yourself. You probably make more money than me. And that was another thing. He acted like he made all this money, would tell me, oh, I saved all this money up during COVID and this and that. But then whenever we would go do something, the nigga always acted like he was broke. And I'm like, there's no way you saved all this money. Because I remember when he, I, and that's another thing. He got this new job and he was like, oh, I'm going to start making six figures now. And then he asked me how much money I made. Or he was like, he was like, he's, he said, I'm going to be up there with you now. I'm like, what you talking about? I don't make six figures. And then the way he said it kind of pissed me off. He was like, oh, really? And then he asked me how much I made and I told him. And he was like, oh, well, damn, I thought you was closer to a hundred grand or whatever. Like the way you be living. I'm like, it's not always about how much you make. It's about how you manage it. So he was so excited to tell me 
that he was about to be making all this money trying to get up to where I'm at. So that lets me know the whole entire time we were dealing with each other, he was pocket watching. And salty as fuck, because he sees my new vehicle, he sees where I stay, and I see where he stays, and I see his vehicle. And like I said, I never cared. I never looked at him and was like, you're beneath me because you have a shitty car and a shitty apartment. And I'm just being real. It sounds bad, and I know it sounds mean, but I'm being honest. He had, he had a car that was like 30 years old. And it's like, it, it, it was in the car shop every other week. And I'm like, why don't you just go get, you know, a vehicle that's reliable? You don't got to get anything fancy, but just get something reliable that you don't got to worry about. His credit's shitty. He, kept, he was hiding that too. Then he was honest about it and said his credit was bad. And that made more sense as to why he can't buy a house right now. You see what I'm saying? Like all this stuff slowly started to come out from him. And then it's just like, Where's the drive? Where's the push? What are you doing to fix your credit? You know, like, what are you doing to work towards buying a house? Nothing. He wasn't doing anything. He claimed he was saving all this money, but then he was always broke. So I don't really know. But that's just an example. Those two men are an example of why you can't date men who are not equally yoked with you. I'm, it's more, it's, a lot of it starts with finances, but what I'm saying is when it begins with finances, everything else trickles down because usually men who do not have a good financial setting or are not literate or financially literate, the way they think about everything else is different too. Just like that man was like, I believe in 50-50. You believe in 50-50 because you're unmotivated and you don't want to have to do more than what you feel like doing. You don't want to have to pay the majority of the bills because you don't want to have to work harder and do more to be better in life and to advance. So yeah, you want to have a roommate uh, style relationship and split all the bills because it makes it easier for you. He wanted to do everything that was easy for him. Same thing with my ex-boyfriend. So now where I'm at in life, I have experienced those two things. I realize I can't just be nice anymore and be just like, oh yeah, I would take any man. And both of these men were black. The, the, the second one that I was talking about, he was black. It wasn't mixed. He's, he's fully black. So I can't be nice anymore and be like, oh, I'll just date anybody because it, it doesn't work. And I feel like both of those men are examples of the coddling in this, in this, in this world that we, we do for black men. So moving forward, I want to date somebody who has like the same common goals that I have, who has the same outlook in certain parts of their life. We don't have to be exactly the same and like all the same things, but we need to be equally yoked on a mental capacity. We need to be able to have conversations with each other that are intelligent conversations and where I can talk to someone and they don't get pissy and hang the phone up on me because they disagree. We should be able to agree to a disagree and have conversations that are relevant to us. Black women, I want us to stop coddling black men, number one. If you have a black son, please do not tell your son that it's okay to do the bare minimum. Your son needs to strive to be the best man that he can be for him, not only for a future wife, but himself and for his kids, future kids. He needs to be the best man that he can be and the best provider and the best example for those who are coming after him. because. I don't know if people understand this, but our community as a whole, we're failing. Like black excellence is scarce these days. And the crazy part about it is, you know, whenever you want to do better, you're like berated for it. Well, why isn't living in the hood enough? Why, why is there something wrong with that? Why is there something wrong with being a fry cook at McDonald's and a cashier at McDonald's? Nothing wrong with it, but it's not. It's not enough. That should never be enough for anybody. And I feel like whenever we can really sit down and just be honest with ourselves and be like, yeah, we should be doing more. Why are white people doing so much better than us? Yeah, they have more opportunities and they have a leg up because they're white. We all know this. But why aren't we trying to get into more corners, into more rooms, into more, you know, uh, important conversations? We're over here talking about Nellie and Ashanti dating and, you know, people getting BBLs and, and, and celebrity this and gossip this and all that's entertaining and it's cool, but we need to be focusing on what's going on with Bitcoin and what's going on with the stock market and what's going on with the housing market and focusing on our credit and getting our credit up. So when I say that I'm looking for someone who is financially stable, who wants to be a provider and a leader, I want that because that's the qualities that I possess. I do feel like I am a leader when it comes to my relationships that I've been in, even if I didn't want to be. A lot of the men that I've been with have told me, like, you have taught me things. You have shown me things that I 
No other woman has taught me because a lot of the women that there were previously just accepted what they gave them. And women, we got to stop accepting things. We need to expect more from our men. And there's not, it doesn't make you a bad person to want more and expect more. That's how you, that's how people who are rich and who are doing really well in life have gotten ahead by doing more, not just sitting on their asses and waiting for something to fall into their lap. I feel like as a whole, like we just need to do better and we need to stop doing the bare minimum as, as, a, as, as a black people. We need to, we need to be expecting our kids to, to be doing excellent and be doing great. And I'm not saying that we need to sit here and berate our children because they're not perfect and make them feel like they're not doing good in life because they're not at a certain part of their life. As long as I see my daughter trying and putting in effort continuously, I'm always going to be supportive of her and always, you know, let her know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And guess what? When my kid graduates, I'm not going to make her pay fucking rent to stay with me. Why? Because she doesn't owe me rent to live with me. As long as my child is going to school or working, I'm going to let her save her money. Now, she might need to buy her own groceries and pay for gas in her car and any other fun activities she wants to do, but she got a roof over her head to stay. My daughter is always going to be welcome here. I'm never going to make her feel like she has to prove something to me by paying me fucking rent to stay at my house when she's already lived here for free for 18 years. I never understood that in the black community where it's like, oh, you're 18, you're an adult now, start giving me money. Like, what the fuck is that? That's why black people can't get ahead. That's why we're so far behind because we have the mentality of if you can't do something for me, you're no good to me. My daughter going to college or working on a career and saving money is doing something for me. It's, it's me watching her grow into the woman that I want her to become. I want her to do better than me. I want my child to surpass me. You should always want your kids to do better than you. Or if not better, at least to a level of success that you feel like either you're at or that you wanted to achieve because you want what's best for your kids. And unfortunately, I've experienced in my family, even with my father who's doing successful in life, he didn't help me. My dad could have supported me. My dad makes six figures in the, in the high six figures. And my dad's never given me a handout, never done anything like that for me. And I feel like if I made that type of money, my child, you know, she, she would know the value of hard work, but my child would still have help. And I'm going to do everything that I can to help my kid. And you should do the same thing for your sons. Absolutely. But also I raise my child with integrity and responsibility. And I let her know that things are not just going to be handed to her. She has to work for them. But I'm also not going to treat my child like she's a stranger in my home when she turns 18. These bills are my responsibility. Whether she was leaving here or not, I'd still have to make ends meet. You see what I'm saying? We just need to do better in the black community. We need to start helping out each other. We need to start helping our kids out. We need to stop treating them like just because they're 18, that means they're automatically adults and they should just know everything. And, and I want us to get ahead. I want to get ahead. You know what I'm saying? And I think that, honestly, I'd probably start dating black guys more if they had these thought processes. They don't. A lot of them don't think like this. And I think that that's the problem. Another thing is women, we advance more than men anyway. So in general, it's harder for us to find a partner. But I digress. I want to know what you guys think in regards to the black community and us being okay with accepting the bare minimum and us being okay with accepting just being average. And just to make it like even more clear, we are like the lowest class, like the lowest race of the totem pole as far as success goes, as far as ownership goes as far as you know education goes black women are, are actually are getting higher up there but that's all i'm saying is we don't represent a, a high number of success and we need to we need to do better and we can do better it just takes motivation and it just takes perseverance and drive and i feel like we are all capable of that i also think that there is this stigma with black people when you're educated you want to be white. I had somebody make a comment yesterday about, about me sounding white. That's ignorant in itself. For you to say that somebody sounds white because they, they talk with inflection, because they can pronounce all of their words correctly. And you can still, you know, talk with inflection and have an accent. You know what I'm saying? Or have a deep Southern voice. All I'm saying is like, just us as a whole, we just got to get it together. We need to stop being so goddamn ignorant. 
so judgmental, so worried about everybody else got going on and focusing on ourselves. We really, we really, really could really be something as a whole community. We could really do something. I'm tired of going to job interviews and people are like, oh my God, you speak, you speak so proper. Like they don't, like that's something they don't expect from us. They should be expecting us to walk in there just like the white people who speak with, 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 with pride and and already know that they're probably going to get this job and respectful. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I just want that for us so bad. And I feel like it could be attained if we all just changed our mentality and the way that we think about things. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So you guys just let me know how you feel. I know this was kind of like a little bit of a deep, little deep one for you, but and some of you guys are probably going to disagree with what I'm saying. And, I, and that's totally fine. I am totally up for other debates and opinions and things like that. I just wanted to put my little two cents in there and talk about it. Because this is something that's really been going on and really been bothering me. Like, I'm just like, why are we where we're at in 2023? We're not oppressed anymore. We haven't been slaves for a while. We got to stop using the excuse, oh, we're oppressed. Oh, the man is bringing us down. This and that. Because I'm black and I have had struggles. Not saying I haven't with the race thing, because I've definitely experienced that. But you, you, life is what you make of it. Make better choices. Move the way you need to move to get to where you need to get to. That's all I'm going to say. Do what you got to do to get to the level of success that you want. And, and I do feel like average should not be something that's just for us. We should be able to be successful and want to be successful and, and do great things. And that should be okay. And we shouldn't be looked down upon in our own community by other black people because that's what we want to do. So that's all I'm going to say for today, guys. I uh, have to go pick my baby up. I uh, want you guys to please follow me on Facebook, Fit Feminine and Friendly. And please, please, please leave reviews so that I know what you guys are thinking about my podcast episodes. Um, it's really, really important to me and it helps me out so that I can know what I'm doing right, what maybe I need to do better, or what more you guys want to hear. All right, you guys have a good day, evening, night, whatever time it is that you're listening to this. Bye.